Well, here we are, the year that everyone's been longing for for months. We are in the week of January 4th of 2021. Friends, welcome back to the Wild at Heart podcast. John Eldridge and Alan Arnold here with you for the Top of the Year podcast, which we love doing and which feels really relevant and important as we step into this new year. Right. Because what is this year going to bring? And we've put so much pressure and anticipation and expectation into it, I think that it's good to pull back a little and say, what really can one year bring and and how do we approach it the right yes, way? Yes, and God, what do you have for me this year? Yes. You know, here's the problem, friends. As with many podcasts, we record these a couple weeks ahead of time and global events could take place during the Christmas season that we are not going to address with a current relevancy here this mm -hmm. week. And maybe that's appropriate. Maybe that's right. Because what we want to talk about is how to get God into your year and how to get your year into God. That's good. Right? Yes. You know, what will a new year bring? The wonderful answer is Jesus knows. Mm -hmm. Jesus knew what last year was going to bring. Yes. Alan, I don't know if you remember this story, but I wanted to share it with our, our listeners. We were in a time, so we're going to back up, fall, late fall of 2019. Okay. So this is prior to pandemic, prior to quarantines, prior to 2020. And we were in a planning time for 2020 here as, as a leadership team at Wild at Heart. And we were focused on international projects and international trips and events and missions that we were going to do. And we were very excited. Kind of 2020 was going right. to be a year of a lot of international focus for us. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you remember this? We're mm -hmm. praying, we're talking, there's excitement, and we just hit this wall. Right. All the energy went out of the room. Remember right. that? And, and we couldn't figure out why. And it, we knew God wasn't silent, but we weren't hearing clarity on what was to come. Nothing. And so we paused to pray again, and we said, Jesus, wh what's going on? What it feels like you're not in this. And Jesus gave us one word. He said, wait. Mm. You know, we were going to book flights and right. schedule projects and events yes. and that kind of thing. And he said, just wait. It's going to become very clear. Mm. And then, you know, February and March hit. There was no international travel exactly. last year, and there yes. were no international events. And right. it just the beauty of that story is that if we will listen, God will guide us, mm -hmm. even in years of such upheaval as 2020 was. Right. And I pray that's not 2021. I, I'm not asking or wishing for a year of upheaval. I pray it's a year of benevolence and mercy and kindness. I pray it's a year of recovery. But nonetheless, it, it would be really wise to do two things. So dun, 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 this is our annual <laughs> top of the year podcast, because what we recommend every year at this time is that our listeners do two things. Mm -hmm. Consecrate our year to Jesus. Right. 
and all the details of the year. We'll get into that in a moment. And we ask him what he is saying over the year. We ask for words. We ask for guidance. We ask for counsel. Right. And, you know, when we enter a year like 2021, I think it's important as we start to talk about consecrating the year, we may enter into it spun up or depleted or numb, but we have to remember that that's not how God is entering 2021. God isn't anxious. God isn't fearful. God isn't caught off guard. And so to me, John, that's always helpful, a helpful place to begin just to say, as I go to consecrate this year, I need to be careful not to put my emotions or my unknown or worry, not to project that onto God because I'm going to him because he already knows the year and he's great. He is in control. He is overseeing the kingdom as he always does in our, our world. So that's helpful for me just to start there. That's huge. That's really good. So consecrating your year to Jesus is something that we've found over time to be super, super helpful. And the basic idea is this. In John 15, that wonderful discourse where he calls us his friends and he tells us he's chosen us and, you know, he's the vine, we're the branches. But the epicenter of the invitation and the urging in that beautiful discourse at the top of John 15 is this, remain in me, verse 4, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain Mm -hmm. in me. Mm -hmm. Now, on a personal level, that makes sense, is human beings wander right? I mean, we, we, one day we're in Christ and the next day we've wandered off to fear, anxiety, speculation, anger, rage. I mean, in 2020 took us all for a ride. It was a roller coaster. Ending with the political upheaval in the United States, gadzooks. And, and so if Jesus is urging us to remain in him, Mm -hmm. the obvious implication is that we wander. Right. Just like sheep. Right. We, we, we wander away from covering, protection, guidance, the intimate fellowship of God. But the same thing is true, actually, of things, vacations, work, finances can either be in the covering love and protection of Jesus, or they can be outside of it. Well, that's huge because as I'm listening to you say that, I don't tend to think about that nearly as much as I should, like that my finances could be in or out or that, uh, you know, vacation plans or, or just the day, my entering into a day, I could be doing that in my own strength or I could be doing that with God in union with him. Like it's just a good reminder that it's not a one and done thing. God be with me the year. Yes, right. There is an abiding. There is a yes. there is a practice of bringing things into the covering and into the protection of Jesus, and that's what consecration does. And come on. We've all experienced this. You know, we took a trip, you know, done a weekend, gone fishing, something that we wanted to do, 
right. regardless of wisdom, <laughs> counsel, or the, or the advice of God. We just did it because we wanted to do it. I wanted to go, you know, to Disneyland with my kid, and it blew up. Right. And looking back on it, we've all had the experience of, oops, I guess we didn't pray about that, did we? Like, God, were you even in that? And a lot of times what we do is we get mad at God. We're like, come on. Right. Why weren't you there for my family? How come that was so hard? And Jesus is like, you never even asked me if I was in that. And a big catch for me is when I find myself on the front end saying, well, we don't need to pray to God about that, you know, because of course we already know the answer. Like, you know, there's some things that we don't know. And yes, let's bring that to God. But I can remember saying that to my wife a few times last year where she would say, whoa, 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 whoa. That's exactly what we need to ask God is when we think we already know exactly what God would say. Yeah, right. Okay, so vaccines, you know, are going to be rolling out in in greater numbers this year. And people are like, all right, we can travel again. But whoa, 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 hang on. You know, is Jesus in that? Right. Or is this, is this the year for a job change? Is the, you know, what did you learn about schooling for your kids? And are there Mm -hmm. changes that you're intending this year around that? Whoa, 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 hang on. Right. Let's get this into God. Another way to think about this friends is that there are only two kingdoms in the world. When the scripture talks about the kingdoms, there is either the kingdom of God Mm. or the kingdom of darkness. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Colossians one says, we have been ransomed and delivered from the kingdom of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of God's dear son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So two kingdoms in the world. Yes. I used to think there was three. I used to think that there was this I don't know, neutral ground. There was sort of like <laughs> Switzerland, right? There was right. that the yes, of course, the, you know, the collision of good and evil and yes, of course, the larger story and I get all that, right? And you're going to go on a mission trip, of course you're going to pray about it. But stuff like family picnics or, you know, just work projects, there's kind of just a neutral ground in the world. The Shire. <laughs> yeah, the Shire where you can just sort of do stuff without really making God a part of it. And I just want to ask people, and how's that going? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It never goes well when we think there are these parts of our life that we can just kind of coast through or that it's just neutral type decision. So God doesn't really care one way or the other because we know the enemy cares. He's going he's gonna to be all over us in those situations if we haven't consecrated it. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yes. Regardless of your personal plans. Right. Or even your assumptions around it, right? And right. Now, there is this third realm that the scriptures do talk about, the world, right? And, and you know, James has some very strong things to say about that. So does John about love not the world neither the things in the world. And that doesn't mean like nature or family picnics. You know, the world as scripture describes it is the collective momentum of culture and values and society created by human sin. Yes. Okay, so all those folks who are operating from the flesh build kingdoms and empires mm-hmm. and companies and make movie and entertainment and build apps and that sort of thing. And, and God is not in it. The scripture is very clear. There is this third realm, but the reason I say there's only two kingdoms is in 1 John 5, he says, and 
the world is under the power of the evil one. So the world is merely the puppet of the evil one. That's a good And he yeah. loves to use, you know, the distraction of media and technology. He loves to use the seductive powers of money and wealth and, you know, all that. Yes. But he is behind it. Here's why that's important with consecration. You want everything of your realm and your kingdom, whether it's joy or plans or money or health, you want all that under the jurisdiction of Jesus. And the way we get it there mm. is by consecrating it, by dedicating it, by intentionally making it so, right? right. We bring these things into the loving care and rule of Jesus Christ, especially at the top of the year. So in our house, somewhere around the beginning of the year, and you know, it might be prior to January 1st, mm -hmm. it might take a couple weeks, uh, you know, till after, that's okay. There isn't a magic day, but sometime around the beginning of the year, Stacy and I'll sit down together and we will consecrate our year to Jesus and ask for his intimate involvement. We bring it to him and say, please be Lord. Please come and be Lord of our finances. Please come and be Lord of our year. Whatever this year means for our lives, we bring this to mm. you, Lord. Come and be Lord of it. We do it with our calendar. Come and be Lord of our calendar. Because as we were saying earlier, for years we kind of operated that the calendar was was sort of Switzerland. Like it's just this zone of, <laughs> well, just make your decisions and ask God to bless it. And it's like, whoa, mm. that that does not go well. So Jesus, come and be Lord of our decision-making. And then we'll get, you know, real specific. If we know things are coming, oh, there's a wedding. Lord, come and be Lord of the wedding this year. You kind of get the vibe of that, friends. Like you're, you're deliberately and intentionally dedicating, consecrating, devoting, proclaiming things to be under the rule of of Jesus Christ so that the blessings, love, protection of his kingdom can extend over those things. And one of the most powerful things when we do that, like I know intuitively the world seems to be in almost every way imaginable under the influence of the enemy. And, and it's just, you just watch the things that are happening there. But I can downshift and go, okay, well, the world, yes, is out of control, and that's not in God's kingdom, you know, operating out of his authority. But my world, I can kind of manage a lot in my own world. And so the consecrating for me is an act of just remembering it's not really my world. I have things in this world that I oversee but it's, it really feels, John, to me like in the Consecration Act, I'm giving it back to God and, and not just saying, you know, show me what to do, but saying it's all yours anyway. Ooh, that's good. That's the surrender piece. So there's another side to that story that I told about 2019, 2020. Jesus did tell us as a ministry, wait. <laughs> it's my command for my dogs when I feed them, wait. He, he said, wait, don't make all those international commitments and book those flights because you don't know what's coming, but I do. Just wait. 
So we did. We waited. And then the pandemic and global travel shut down. My confession is, but Stacy and I already had plans <laughs> to go overseas. And we really, really wanted to do it. And we felt, especially, okay, so then during the quarantine, and we're like, oh, man, as soon as the quarantines are lifted, we, we got to go get some joy. And so we had... Yeah, we, we went ahead and booked international travel, and you know the end of that story in 2020. Yeah. Like, it didn't happen. It was almost like there were parts of my calendar, agenda, desires for the year that I didn't want to surrender to Christ. So I love what you were saying about we are stewards of our kingdom and realm, but we are not lords of it. Right. And the Consecration Act, you know, consecration is a big word, but to me, when we start breaking it down into what we're doing, it's pretty simple and it's immensely powerful. But yeah, surrender is the beginning step, I think. And then when we start holding loosely to our plans, to our finances, you know, if the stock market's up, fantastic. If it's down, that's, you know, we don't like that. But but we're holding it loosely because it never was fully ours to control as much as, God, this is your money. So now we turn to that together. Yes. Show us what you have for us. Yes. So the act of consecration of your whole kingdom, your apartment, your work, your need for work, you do it over your finances, your car, or your need for a car. You, you do it over your health. This is a very simple 20-minute you know, time of prayer. Lord, I just, I'm consecrating to you my 2021. Yes. I give you my year. Yes. And then, then I give you all the components of my year, Lord. And here are my desires. I, I do hope to, you know, get back to see family. I do hope to take a trip this year. But I bring that under your rule mm -hmm. and into your kingdom. So that's the act of consecration. And it's something we do at the beginning of the year. And then, of course, you continue to do it, you know, through the year as things come up. And if you have children and they're old enough to where you think they could understand and participate, I think that's a really awesome invitation. I do too. Is, you know, if they're, I don't know, six, seven, eight, five, old enough to grasp what's happening on some level, or teenagers especially, invite them into this because you're mirroring for them what you want them to do their whole life. Yes. And you're inviting them to see what God does do in the year yes. by being part of it. Yeah. Now, there is a maturing in this process. There's a maturing in all the things that we learn and grow in in the Christian life. And you have passages like Ephesians 2, 6, which say that we have been raised with Christ and seated with him at the right hand of the Father. We share now in the jurisdiction and the authority and the ruling of Jesus Christ. You know, in Luke 19, he says, I have given you authority to overcome all the power of the evil one. And we see that in prayer where we move from a passive approach to prayer. We go, God, please just do this. Yes. Right? To being more active in the prayer of we bring the love of God into this. We pray the peace of Christ into this. We pray for reconciliation. You know, you mm -hmm. get more involved in it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do the same thing with consecration through the year. Like we consecrate our year to Jesus Christ and our finances and work and health and relationships. But 
I extend the kingdom of Jesus Christ over these things now. Because last year, one of the things that Jesus said that he wants us to teach our people this year, so we're going to be doing a podcast series on this, is how to bring the jurisdiction of Christ over things in your world and in your realm, enforcing the kingdom. Because, gang, you see the kingdom of darkness, it's raging, and it, it doesn't play fair. Right. It's, it doesn't play with manners, <laughs> okay? It, it tries to usurp authority. It tries to reassert jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. And, and so you've got to be stubborn with this. You've got to be forceful. You've got to reign with Christ of, okay, we've dedicated all this, and now I am commanding the authority of Christ over my realm against all other things. You're sort of enforcing the boundaries, right? Yes. John, when you consecrate the year with Stacy, do you spend a few minutes listening as well? So in other words, you're, you're naming things, but is there a part of it where then you pause together and see goddess or more? Yes, or did yes, we... yes, yes, okay. absolutely. And, and so two more things to add to this. Here's what we recommend doing at the beginning of the year. Dream a little. Alan, you were saying that in families with children still in the house, you want to invite them into this process. It's a wonderful thing to do together, but also to dream together and say, okay, what do we want to do as a family this year? Mm-hmm. And do some dreaming. Oh, we'd love to go see you know, Uncle Ed on his farm, or oh, I would love to learn tennis, or whatever it is, right? right. Dream a little, and then consecrate those things to Christ. Now, the important part here is step two, because we, we want to ask God what he is saying over the year. Anyone who's listened to this podcast over the years knows where we're going here. So you dedicate the year to Christ, and you ask for words over the year. You ask for his counsel. You ask for what he's saying over the year. Again, so that we're not just making assumptions. Yes. And Alan, you were talking about, you know, if we're bringing a heaviness into the year, we're going to project that over the year. If we're bringing a naive optimism over the year, we're going to project that into the year. Right. And assumptions that we make about plans and projects and spending and that sort of thing. So this has been one of the most beautiful, rescuing, life giving practices of all the things that we've done is asking God, what are you saying over the year, Lord? On a big scale and then on little things. So like just literally, Lord, what are you saying over 2021 for me? And if you're in a household for my household, do you have a word for us this year? Do you have a scripture? Is there a theme to the year? What do you want to say over this year? Right. And what that does, I think it puts our heart in a posture of expectancy for God, you do speak to us. You do give us advanced counsel. You are a father who wants to help us know what's coming and guide us. And so, you know, I don't want to pass too quickly past the most beautiful part to me is the beginning of we have a father who speaks to us as sons and daughters. And so we hear the voice of God within our heart. And so that posture even is amazing to say, this is not in other words, you saying, oh, our family could use more hope. We proclaim this the year of hope because 
you're not listening to God at that point. You're just naming right. a theme. And even though that theme may be positive, what you really want is what God's telling you, yes. not a word that you think is helpful. Yes. Alan, that's really, really good. Yeah. This isn't, we declare this to be the year of abundance. We declare this to be right. the, yeah. It, it is asking Jesus, Lord, what are you saying over our year? And we practice this as individuals. We practice it as families. You know, Stacy will get words over her year personally from Jesus. I'll get words personally. We also do it as a ministry. We ask Christ for words over Wild at Heart each year. And right. what are you saying to us, Jesus? And so I'm curious, Alan, I know you guys do this. I know you and Kelly do this. Did you have a word for, for 2020 or a scripture or a theme? I did. And God gave it to me the last week of December of 2019 for 2020. And the word was current. And when I, and the fun thing, it's almost, I think God in his playfulness gives me words many times where when I first hear it, I'm, it's kind of like getting a gift. You open it and you're like, uh, Socks. What? <laughs> I, like, I don't, <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's not good, but what is it exactly? Underwear. Thanks right? mom. <laughs> and I, so I, I got the word current and I'm like, oh, and I, I was, it was so clear. God was giving me that word, but I'm like, but what is it? What current meaning what? And what it ended up being throughout the year, God unpacked it with me. But one was, I'm big into always trying to get ahead or trying to fix things from yesterday or last week. And I've really sensed God saying, this year I want you to be in the present with people you love and with me. I want you to be current. Whatever's going on in this conversation with a child, with a coworker, with a friend, so it was partially that, John, and the second part of the meaning came a little later to me, but it was, and you can only do that if you allow my current to come through you, the vine and the branch. To, like, you're not going to be able to do this in your own strength. So the current that gives you life is the Spirit, is me, and in your own strength, this isn't going to happen. So it really has been a year here, you know, we're recording at the end of a year, I remembered that word every day. I invited God to show me more what it meant. Mm. And I re it, it made a life-changing difference in the last 12 months in how I approached my day and my relationship with others. Tell us a story or two. Like yeah. how, how did that play out over the year that current ended up being a rescue? Well, one of the big lies the enemy has always used to pull me down as this lie, there's just not enough time. I don't have time. I don't have time for, like, if you would give me a book, I may not say it to you, but I would think, I don't have time to read this. Like, I've already got 20 books on my nightstand. Yeah. Or if Kelly would say, honey, we need to talk in the morning, you know, I think, I don't, I don't have time. Like, I've got to get ready for work. I don't have time to sit down and talk. And she's like, I'm talking, I'm just asking for five minutes. And you do have five minutes. And and so part of that word, God would just bring it back to me and say, be current. You have time for the thing you were just given, for the conversation you're being invited into. There is time. If it, you know, In other words, if God is inviting me into something or to experience something, I need to trust him that he's giving me the time to do it, where the enemy always makes me feel like there, time is short. There's a scarcity of time. 
I've got to bust it to just keep my head above water. Yeah. So John, it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rescues through the year when my wife or kids would ask me something to just remember, I want to be current. I want to be in this moment. Mm. And so God, help me do it. I don't want to just smile and pretend I'm doing it while I'm thinking, uh, I got to get onto the next thing. So it's, it's been a beautiful rescue countless times because of one word. Okay. Now, friends, what Alan said was you don't just seize on something that sounds good because I can, I can feel it right now. There's loads of folks resonating with that going, oh, that's so good. I need to be more present too. I need to be current in my life. Okay, current's my theme this year. No, no. you got to ask Jesus what the theme is for the year because that's what he had for Alan, but it's not what he had for me. My word for the year was he literally just said the word to me, everything, hmm. everything. Now, some of you will remember that we launched the one minute pause app at the beginning of the year of 2020. And it was such a kind, kind thing of God for literally more than 150,000 people Huge. who using that app, there's a basic practice in there of Jesus, I give everything and everyone mm. to you. And the mail that we've gotten of people who were rescued by that app during the quarantines, especially yes. with the anxiety and the fears and the uncertainty. So it was a very, very beautiful thing. So the word everything had already had a really rich place in my sort of vocabulary mm -hmm. with God. I give everything to you, Lord. Yeah. So going into 2020, but for him to hold it up and isolate it and really like declare this, John, everything. And then the pandemic hits and I'm like, holy cow, I do need to give everything to you because I am an intervener. I, I, I am a rescuer. I am a let's bring the kingdom. Let's save human hearts and lives. And all around the pandemic, I could have made boatloads of decisions that were outside God, just motivated by that intervening yes. heart. Yes. Just, okay. So first is the pandemic. Give me everything. And then during the summer, we had those hopes and expectations of travel and that sort of thing that didn't work out. And it was everything, John everything. Like, turn that over to me. And my heart was in such a better place when I did that. And then it was some really, really difficult relational waters for our family. And we, we walked through some very tough things. And I, I just was smiling going, oh, Jesus, you knew that I literally needed to give everything to you this year. So then it was that, and it was people and, and relationships and, okay, everything. I give you everything. And then the American political scene in, in the fall yes. of 2020 was uh, madness. Right. And I can get really spun up in that stuff, like most people, because I have values, I have morals, I have ethics, I have opinions on these things. And everything, John, everything. And so I could go through my whole year and go, oh, Jesus, holy cow. Like that was a rescue word for me. Well, isn't that 
often a sign when when God gives us a word, it's going to have multiple levels, and it will have things you can't imagine when you first speak it, and you know you hear it, you speak it, you write it down. You may think, oh, I know exactly what this means. This means yes. this. Yes. And it may mean that partially, but when it's a word from God for the year, then be expectant for all the ways throughout the year that word will gain a richer and richer meaning. And it did. It did, Alan, because not only was it give me everything, then it was, oh, Jesus, you are my everything. You are my everything. And all of us had our values shaken during 2020. We had our security shaken. We, we had our hopes shaken in, I think, some really good ways, frankly. It was a very sifting time. And, and just for me to realize, oh, there's more to this word, isn't there, Lord? You are my everything. Wow. Well, I would encourage people, when you hear your word, when God speaks to you, we are like sheep. We are distracted by the next shiny object always. And so write it down. And remember, like, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you this, but when I first started doing this at your encouragement, it was revolutionary. It was groundbreaking. And in those first years, I would get a word, and two months later, somebody would say, well, what was your word again for the year? And I'd be like, uh, I, let me, let me look. It's in my journal. Let me get back. I, I, I know it, but I can't remember it. Yeah. And so when God gives you a word, put it somewhere where you will remember it and stay inquisitive for the year rather than just, that was cool. Yeah. And in March, you're off to the next thing. I like inquisitive. Be curious about it through the year. There's more. Mine it for everything yes. it is. Now, again, um, don't want to mislead you. We're not saying that what God does in every person's life is give them one word over the year. It might be a phrase. It might be scriptures over the year. Mm -hmm. And so I ask for the word, you know, what do you have to say to me over 2020, Lord? And then I pushed into a couple areas. You know, I've got my open journal. I've got a little bit of listening time. I'm saying, okay, Jesus, what about mission? What are you saying to me? And he gave me some things around that. So I, I had a collection of guidance and counsel, and I, you know, maybe like eight or 10 things yes. written in my journal from Christ. And like, like for mission, it was so kind. One of the things he said was, more margin between things than you think. Huh. And again, this is before pandemic, quarantine, and the COVID brain that we all got, right? The, you know, trauma fragments concentration and yeah. living in constant uncertainty for months and up and down and in and out and all that was going on, the fears. and Everybody was operating on diminished capacities in 2020. And so I didn't know that. I didn't know that going into the year, but yes. for God to tell me ahead of time, build more margin between things than you think was so kind because I would get to the end of, you know, like I get to three o'clock in the afternoon, I got nothing. And if I had set up a bunch of other projects for me to accomplish in really close proximity, mm -hmm. it would have been a brutal year. Mm -hmm. How have you and Stacy found, if she gets a word and you get a word, 
do you see some synergy between that or do you feel like oftentimes it's personal and so it very much is her word and your word? Sometimes. Sometimes there's a harmony and sometimes they're just totally intimate to us and to what Jesus is doing in our life. We share them. We talk about them. We pray for it. But the practice of asking Jesus, what are you saying, is something that also just carries into every, every month of the year for us. Mm-hmm. Lord, what are you saying over our kids? Lord, what are you saying about you know, work? What are you saying about giving and finances to us here in June so that this is a practice that we do sort of formally at the beginning of the year, but this is so valuable to us. We listen all year long. And we, we're going to do it again today. We've got, we've got a meeting scheduled today right. where we're going to sit down and do some listening over some specific mission and travel in 2021 to make sure we know what God is saying in that. And if you're hearing us talk and you're thinking, well, whether it's the consecrating my year or the word, I, I just don't really hear anything from God. So how, like, how do both of those work if I can't really hear from God well or don't believe he speaks or never have had that happen? And I would just encourage you at the start of the year, one of the books that has transformed my life more than any other book, John, is your book, Walking with God. And it's all about how to hear the voice of God. And I've read the book many times, and, and it's a great book, I think, to begin the year with because to do these things and to make it through this coming year in a way that allows you to have peace and calm, you want to be able to have conversational intimacy with God. So even if you've read that book before, it's a good refresher to go back into it on how to talk to God. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because we are making some assumptions. We assume that it is everyone's right as a son or a daughter of God to hear his voice. Mm -hmm. We believe that's 150% supported by scripture in both the Old and New Testaments. We also recognize that it's something that you grow into over time. It's like riding a bike or playing an instrument, learning to drive a car. It's bumpy at first. It's awkward. It it doesn't come real smoothly. That's okay. That's okay. It It is a process where you can learn over time. And so the assurance I want to give you in the meantime is if it's not customary for you, to hear Jesus speaking to you or to recognize what he's saying in terms of like the still small voice, that you hear him in your heart, friends, he can speak to you in a hundred ways. So practice what we've said and then look for it. Look, you can certainly consecrate your year. And then as you ask for his counsel, his direction, you know, what he's saying over the year, a verse is going to leap off the page next week in your study time, or a friend is going to say something over coffee and you're going to go, oh, that was the voice of God. Like that's it. So he can get to you. Rest assured, he will speak. God has spoken to me through ketchup bottles. (laughs) He, He has spoken to me through the names of streets on the sign as I drove by. He has spoken to me through my underwear. Through your underwear? My underwear. 
This is one of the most playful stories of Jesus, and we're going to close with this. Several years ago, I had, a, I had had a long-time dream to go to Patagonia in the Northern Hemisphere. You can go in January, February, and it's summer down there. And for fly fishermen, it's kind of one of those bucket list, you know, mm-hmm. lifetime destination things. So a buddy and I had a plan to go to Patagonia. He had to bail, unfortunately. And so I was really thrown. I'm like, wow, really? I guess I ought to cancel this trip. But I felt like I was saying, no, no, I'm still in this. I'm like, really? And, and I was so uncertain. Now, I hear the voice of God well, but I was so caught up in the drama and the fear that I'm like, okay, you just have to speak to me three ways today so I know. And I had these tickets waiting, but I could cancel them, you know, up to uh-huh. a certain date. I'm like, by tonight, I need to hear from you in three ways. And I'm in my office at home and I look down and a friend had been over the day before and left their Nalgene and it had a sticker on it. And the sticker was from the company Patagonia. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's one. I need two more. That same day, I get an email from a guy that I had emailed seven weeks earlier because I knew he had been to Patagonia and I just wanted to get his trip notes. I'm like, you know, what what did you do? Where'd you go? Where'd you fish? And he never responded. That day, I get an email from him saying, oh, it's incredible. You really ought to go. I've never regretted it. You know, I'm like, okay, Lord, that's two. (laughs) Now the clock really winds down and I love, I love God. Like, He is so playful. So the clock is winding down. It is 10 p.m. And I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to cancel those tickets tomorrow. And unless there's a third, I just need to know. Like, it's a lot of money. It's 10 days. I'm in in South America. It's a big deal. And I'm going alone right now. It it turned out that I found someone to go with me. But right now I'm like, Lord, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You've got to really confirm this. So I... um. I go to take care of business in the, in the evening uh, in the bathroom and I look down at my underwear, which has the brand name tag on it, Patagonia. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, you are speaking to me through my underwear. But I believe and obey. I love that. And it ended up being this awesome trip, by the way. It was, it was incredible. And, and I would have bailed out of fear and doubt and... Mm and unbelief. Um, so God can speak to you, friends. He can get to you. Don't, don't worry about getting all this process right. Just begin dedicating the year to the Lordship of Jesus in your life. Bring all the things you care about this year into him yes. and under him. Ask him to be Lord. Ask him to rule in your calendar, in your health, in your finances. And it will make a world of difference. 